You're listening to The Aligned and Free Show, a spiritually infused personal development podcast for the ambitious woman. Our passion is to help you align with who you really are, what you really want, and to free yourself from the BS that's holding you back so that you can manifest your very own magical life. We talk about manifestation, of course, spirituality, wellness, mindset shifts, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Shakia Mayer, licensed mental health clinician, speaker, and spiritual mindset coach. All right, let's get into it. Today, we have Victoria Shaw on the show. Victoria is a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients heal, grow, and realize their spiritual and full personal potential. In this episode, we discuss switching career paths, spiritual gifts, connecting with your spiritual team, and more. If this sounds interesting to you, keep listening. I did want to talk a little bit about your background. So my background is I'm, I was a research psychologist. So I was trained as a cognitive and developmental psychologist, and I studied the mind and the brain. And my areas of expertise were reasoning and memory. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I did my postdoc in in child development development of reasoning. But anyway, that's so that's that's what I did in my first gig. And then I took time off to raise my family. And um, then I went back and got my master's of counseling. Ah, awesome. So how do you go from being a researcher and studying um, cognitive development? And I can kind of guess the transition, but I'll let you walk <laughs> us through it. Um, but go from that type of work into the area that you're working in now, which we're going to get into, um, but into this like spiritual work. So, I mean, that's an amazing question. So for me, I think without realizing it, I was always guided by the spiritual. Like I remember even in college, like when I was trying to plan my major and I wanted to do like an independent major, bringing all these different things together, which made absolutely no sense to my advisors, but make perfect sense to me now. And I know now that I was listening because I wanted to be philosophy, Eastern, uh, Eastern philosophy, psychology, neuroscience and children education. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you can't put those things together. And I think about what I do now and I'm like, I kind of do all those things. So I think it was always there, but I didn't know what it was called. I didn't grow up with a religious or spiritual upbringing at all. Probably the opposite. I had a parent that really thought if you believed in God, you must be dumb. I mean, sorry Mm -hmm. for people out there. I don't believe that, (laughs) but that's, that's how I was raised, you know? And so I didn't really have that. It was so such a part of me, but I didn't have the words to understand it. But I know that what drew me to psychology, what drew me, I was a double major at the end end of the day in philosophy and psychology. And what drew me into both of those fields were these big questions like what is consciousness and and how do we think and how do we understand the world and, and how do we make meaning? And what happened for me is when I got to the end of that journey, I have a PhD from an Ivy League. Um, I did my postdoc at an Ivy League. So I was like all in. Um I realized that the passion was gone. It had become research, it had become science. I have nothing against that, but like I didn't get to ask the big questions anymore. I was told to ask the questions that you can get answers to in the lab and you can publish papers and then you can make a name for yourself. And my passion was gone. I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. love the research. I loved the big questions and I loved looking at other people's research and seeing how it might address the big questions, but it just wasn't enough. And so 
I hit kind of the wall and I took some time off and I had just recently gotten married and I said, you know what, I'm going to start my family and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do, which it was, you know, looking back a little funky way to do it, but that's what I did. And I wrote some um, books and um, on the side, I was doing some writing projects and um, I took time off mostly to raise my kids. And in that process, you know, when I had kids and my kids started struggling and I think just parenting in general brings up all your own kind of inner child stuff, mm -hmm. as you probably know as a counselor, um, I just... I just knew there was something else I was supposed to be doing, and yet I was having all these struggles. And my struggles brought me to all these. I had this really out of the box pediatrician, and he kept sending me to like energy healers, and even like an acupuncturist to me was like weird. Um, <laughs> but you know, astrologers, medical intuitives, like all this weird stuff, and they all kept telling me, "You need to awaken your intuition. Like you're so intuitive. What are you going to do with this?" And you know, I saw them doing these amazing things. I saw these things helping me and my family and my kids. And, you know, suddenly I was like, all right, I'm in, you know, show me what to do. And the moment I made that, you know, decision to reconnect with my intuition, everything about my life changed. Everything mm -hmm. about my life changed for the better. And, and I started to, everything started to make sense. Like looking back, it all just started to make sense. And I understood, oh, that's why this happened. That's why I did that. Um, so it also just gave me a frame of reference, you know, a, a bigger view to understand my life. I love that. And there are two things that are jumping out at me. The first is, I think you have, for lack of a better word, an or had, um, for lack of a better word, an advantage over people who were religious because often, and this is coming from somebody who went to church as a kid. So I grew up Christian, but I wasn't from uh, like a very religious family. I'm the one that actually ended up leading, so to speak, my mom right. to church so that we can get saved. And I got baptized on my own. Like I went and I was like, oh, I want to go to heaven. Uh, like I want Jesus to be my friend, but I don't want to. <laughs> I was 13 at the time. And um, there was something that I felt connected to, but it wasn't all, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it, it didn't answer all of my questions, Right. but because I was in the church, I wasn't really allowed to question things. So when I say the advantage, I'm talking about being able to explore and, and in some, and you can correct me if this wasn't part of your journey, but to explore freely, like there, there may have been some looks like, well, why are you reading that book? But you know, at least you didn't feel like, well, if I read this book, then I'm going to go to hell because yeah. that was my experience. Well, if I, if I think about, you know, pulling cards or, um, want to explore manifestation from different perspectives, then this is the devil's work and I'm going to go to hell. I was like in a spiritual closet where <laughs> I felt like I wasn't allowed to talk about certain things or learn about certain things. So hearing you mention that I really resonated with it because I just, I think there's a, there was a freedom in that. And before I keep going, I, there was, it looked like you wanted to jump in. No, absolutely. I say that a lot. I mean, I think, look, a lot of people do find that spiritual connection through their religion. And that's a beautiful thing when it works that way for you. And if you feel drawn and called to find that through religion, I think that's fantastic. I do think there's a lot of dogma around a lot of religious traditions. And I think a lot of religious traditions, you know, the spark of the divine 
awakens that, you know, that path, but then human beings come in and over years and years and years, they water it down. And sometimes they water it down so much that it becomes destructive. Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, I think all roads lead home. So there's lots of people that do find their way, you know, through that more organized religions. But for me, I'm grateful that I didn't have that background 100% because then I'm free to explore. And, you know, my um, background is Jewish. So my father was Jewish. My mom was mixed. Um, but again, I didn't have a lot of religious um you know, indoctrination or, or any of, or any kind of teaching or background, but I did have a freedom to explore. So mm -hmm. parts of the Jewish religion speak to me, parts of Catholicism speak to me, parts of Buddhism speak to me, uh, Taoism really speaks to me, uh, which isn't really a religion. So yeah, absolutely. I love all the Hindu gods. Um, I love, I visited Egypt a few years ago and I love all the Egyptian deities. So there is a freedom in that. And I do think that for all of us, our spiritual connection, however you find it, it's unique. It's unique to you. Mm. And, you know, we are all, in my estimation, an individuated spark of the divine, of the one thing, of God, if, if that word does not trigger you, or source if it does. Um, but, you know, your unique expression is what you're here to do. So your spirituality is unique to you. So mm -hmm. I think as long as people can find their own unique connection, it doesn't matter where they're looking. I love that. And the second um, big thing that jumped out as you were speaking, what you mentioned the big questions. So I was just curious, well, what were some of the big questions that you feel you weren't able to ask or you weren't you weren't, uh, you know, getting answers to during your your first chapter of, of, of work. <laughs> you know, I think one of the biggest ones and one that, you know, has been a big one. I'm, I have a podcast myself. I'm going to have a guest on my show, um, two guests on my show that have both written books about this um, issue from different angles. But one of the big questions that really I wanted to know what was consciousness? Like, what did it mean to, you know, have a mind to be aware and, you know, science is really silent on that because science is, as it stands right now is a materialistic paradigm, meaning it's everything has to be from the brain, from matter. And it's not. Everything comes from spirit. Matter comes from spirit. And I think until science catches up with that, it's going to be limited. Mm. Um, so that might be a little bit of a geeky response. But, but also it's the way science is done. And I have nothing against science. Like I said, I'm a scientist. I publish papers and everything. Um, but it can be very reductionistic and it can really, it can be a very socially constructed thing. So, you know, certain things are considered acceptable. Other things I've had people, I remember one of my, um, colleagues tried to publish a paper, um, discounting sex differences in the brain, because back then there was a belief that males excelled in one way and females excelled in another way. And she was a vision researcher and she had some evidence that ran contrary to that. And she was, you know, she was a professor at NYU. She was like the real deal, uh, but she couldn't get it published because everyone said that can't be true. That was it. It had nothing to do with her research. It had to do with her, her conclusions. Right. And so that was a part of science that made me uncomfortable too, because it, it wasn't really sciencey at all. So yeah. there's a very kind of social, like what we study, what's in, what's cool, what questions you're allowed to ask, what's going to get you tenure, which is a big thing if you're a research psychologist and what's not felt very constraining to me. Yeah. And, and, um, 
I mean, oh, there are so many different directions we could take this conversation, but I really want to jump into uh, spirit guides. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to your point, we know that there is, quote unquote, science to back up differences with racial groups and how that can fuel a particular agenda. Yeah. Um, and so... I think it's important for all of us to dig a little deeper and it allows us to connect to ourselves on a deeper level, um, but also to get understandings that we, how can I work, to get a more authentic understanding to you instead of something that was washed down or something that was spoon fed to you so that we're all thinking the exact same thing in the exact same way, which can fuel <laughs> oh, yeah. so many different things. Um, yeah. And so, and now my psychology brain is is up and there now I want to go into different theories with you but we're not going to do that right now <laughs> just I'm going to have to invite you back <laughs> I would love that and I will say too before we move off and everyone loves talking about spirit guides so I definitely want to do that but before we move off the topic of research I will tell you too there is amazing amazing body of research on the existence of every kind of psychic phenomenon that you can imagine Mm. And there's good research, research that has is so much stronger, so much more um, statistically significant than anything I ever did when I was at Princeton or any of my colleagues did. And again, it's the same kind of deal. Like people, some people will say, like you know, nothing you're going to convince, nothing you're going to do scientifically will convince me this exists. And so, mm -hmm. you know, those studies fall in death deaf ears. But there's amazing, amazing support for for everything, telepathy. Like, I mean, everything. And it's been done, you know, some some of that research has actually been done at Ivy Leagues, just not yes. the one that I was at when I was at it. <laughs> <laughs> done by Ivy Leagues, done by the government. And so yeah. I don't want to discount, like, that's not what this conversation is. Like, oh, science, right. there's nothing behind yeah, exactly. That's not true. Like, it's like obviously, it's it a purpose. Just like religion, it's how you're going to use it, how you're exactly. going to interpret it. And, you know, yeah knowing before things happen we and and by the way we all have those abilities like they've done research both with people that identify as psychics mm -hmm. but they've also done research with everyday folks and everyone has these abilities to some extent because i mean at the end of the day we're all spiritual beings right so we're all, the saying we're all spir spiritual beings mm -hmm. living this human existence so yep. if that's the case then absolutely we have these different abilities and and that's you know one of the reasons why i wanted to start this podcast journey because i wanted to have conversations like this where some of these topics in some circles still feel or sound taboo like, what do you mean we have these abilities? Oh, Shakia, right. you done went too far now, you know? Um, or Victoria, what are you talking about? You have all these different degrees. You're a doctor. <laughs> um, but the reality is, th this is part of the reality where we do have these different abilities. And so we can take the example of if I think about somebody and then they end up calling me, it's because we're connected. And to go back to the point you were talking about earlier about consciousness, we all be, and, and, and maybe um, 
you can articulate this a little better than I can. But um, when we talk about consciousness, there is this universal consciousness. And so we are all connected in one way or another, which is why, and this is not like, uh, <laughs> you get real flowery, but you know, but which is why we need to do a better job as, as humans, <clears throat> as these spiritual beings live in this human existence to understand each other a little better before we start judging. Oh man, I just, I, I love it. I love it all where the the nerd in me is just so excited <laughs> right now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, but, um, but to switch gears a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about your work with spirit guides and how that's helped your intuition um, to, to deepen, to grow? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, we're all, I, it's my belief, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And when we come down to earth, earth is unique because when you come down to earth, you forget your mission, you forget your purpose, and you forget your spiritual origins. And that's changing a little bit. I, I do know that there's more and more children coming in now with a little bit more awareness. But for most of us, right, when we come to earth, we put the blindfold on and we forget. Mm -hmm. And we all have that direct line back up to our soul, back up to our spirit. That is our intuition. But, you know, on earth, the mind is is the major currency right now. So, and, and the mind, your thoughts, everything that you've been taught about how the world's supposed to work and how you're supposed to be and what's good and bad and all that good stuff, um, that kind of mind shatter tends to block our intuition. So the good news is when we come to earth and we set up this obstacle course for ourselves where we're going to go around this obstacle course blindfolded and try to find our way back home to understanding our own true nature while in human form, because that's the name of the game. That's the goal to rediscover ourselves after we <clears throat> forgot while we're here on earth. We have these friends, these wonderful beings that have the blindfold off. They can see the path. They know what path we set up for ourselves. They know what our tasks are. And they're right beside us every minute of the way, cheering us on and guiding us. And those are our spirit guides. And we have spirit guides that have been with us, you know, that are with us from birth to death, that are our primary guides. And then we have guides that show up for all sorts of things. Like when I was decorating my house years ago, I asked for guidance. And I really believe that guide showed up and said, hey, put that piece of furniture there. Okay, so you can, and I know, you know, doctors, lawyers, all of those people can have spirit guides that have expertise in that area that can support them and help them. So there's, there's an endless thing, uh, ways in which our guides can serve us. But for how, me and my work, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to ask, how do you know that it's a spirit guide? How can you tell the difference between it being your spirit guide or your own intuition? Or are they the same thing? You know, I think that they're variations on the same thing because everything of, at the end of the day comes from one place. And mm -hmm. so it's just different ways, different perspectives from that one place, if that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, just let your mind go soft because it's not a thing that your mind can understand. But for me, sometimes something really feels like a distinct energy that's talking to me. And other times I just know. And I don't worry so much if it's my guides or my intuition or where it comes from, as long as I've learned to kind of know what the good information is. Mm -hmm. And for me, the idea of having spirit guides was just, you know, I was, I had, I had a, a pretty interesting childhood, a difficult childhood, and I felt alone a lot of the time. And so for me personally, when I was introduced to this idea of spirit guides and when I started to connect with my spirit guides, 
it just gave me such an amazing sense of being supported in a way that my human self had never known. Mm -hmm. And I could look back at my life and I could see my guides, you know, I could be like, oh, I used to talk to you at the bus stop, like when I used to do that imaginative play and that was you and my guides like, yes, that was me. And I just started to understand that we're always supported, even when we don't feel supported by the people in our life, by the situations, you know, because sometimes we don't. Life can be hard. The earth schools can be a little challenging. That's why we get so many kudos for showing up and doing it. Um, so knowing that I had this spiritual support team was a game changer for me because it really helped me feel that love, you know, that I didn't always feel in my human self. Um, and I also love to connect other people to that idea of spirit guides. And I just think it helps us recognize that we're not alone and that we all have a team to support us. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't really answer your question, <laughs> but. No, it, it kind of does. The information is coming from the same source. And so, um, yeah. and maybe this is why it's important for us to get more comfortable tapping into our intuition so yeah. that we can start to trust ourselves a little bit more and trust our decisions and trust our thoughts so that when we receive this guidance, we aren't always questioning it. Exactly. Um, and trying to explain it away. From your perspective, are spirit guides only spiritual beings or have they incarnated before? Do they take physical form? That's a really good question. I'm going to I don't think I need to get it for my guides. Okay, I'll get it for my brain. And if my guides want to add anything, they always do. So I think uh, spirit guides come from a lot of different places and they have a lot of different missions and purposes. They can be everything from, you know, your deceased loved ones, your ancestors are often really involved in your path. Um, they're not always spirit guides in that we do, I believe, have guides that train for the task. Mm -hmm. So they actually train to support you know, human beings on earth. So I think there's a whole group of guides where just like you, you and I trained to be counselors, they train to support human beings on our, on our spiritual beings on the human journey. So we have those guides and most of those guides have walked on earth because in order to support you on earth, they need to understand what it's like. And the only way it's like birth, man, the only way you can understand it is by doing it. Um, but there are mm -hmm. beings supporting earth right now who have never incarnated and they can be among your guides or, and there's guides for the whole planet right now that we can tap into. There's guides that have taken all sorts of forms, like, you know, depending on your, your a spiritual background, right? Trees can be guides. Rocks can be guides. Rivers can be guides. Like, you know, everything is really- okay, now how? <laughs> oh my God. Yes, of course. Animals, right? Because we are all spirit. Everything is made of the same stuff. And sometimes it's easier for our- um, for energies that want to participate, and I hope this isn't getting too geeky in another direction, but energies that want to uh, participate in the uplifting of earth, because that's what's going on right now, we're in a big transition, they can show up in all sorts of ways, because everything is really spirit. So a river, a rock, that's all, it's all made of energy, it's all made of light, it's all made of the divine. And so, and consciousness can take whatever form it wants, okay? And so they can, yeah. So if you are walking in nature and you just feel the energy of, uh, there's a place by my house where there's a particular peak that really speaks to me. Like there's an energy there. There's a guidance there. Do I talk to it? Well, probably sometimes I do, but I'm weird. But, you know, it's not, it's not so much about that. We always think of spirit guides as being, you know, 
these wide soles and white robes that we talk to, and that's fine. They will connect with you however you need them to connect with you. And they will always present in the way that most speaks to you and most, you know, awakens that deep knowing in you. So they will, they will come however you need them, but you know, they don't have form, right? And you and your essence, you don't have form either. <laughs> form is just the game we're playing right now. You know, I think about that sometimes. I don't, I don't know if that's weird, but I do think about that because I I do believe that we are all aspects of source, of God, of this God energy. And mm-hmm. I often think about what is the journey after this? Um, and not from a morbid perspective, um, but just coming from a place of curiosity. What happens when we are done experiencing our time at earth school and what form do we take then? You know, do we just return to source? Um, And I know that that's kind of layered and, and, (laughs) and can go in so many different directions. When I was in high school, I had this friend and she was so different than I was. Um, we grew up in the same city, but we just had very different experiences, different um, upbringings. Uh, we were from different <laughs> races and she was an atheist or, well, she wasn't an atheist, but she wasn't religious. And at that time I didn't understand. I'm like, wait a minute. So you don't believe in God the way that I believe in God? Because I, I was really Looking back now, I was so conditioned to believe certain things. My point in bringing her up, I, I, I actually, so she passed away a few years ago. And um, I often think about her from time to time, I, a lot actually, um, because I just think she would get a kick out of what I talk about now because of, of how I was when we were younger. Um, but it, <laughs> um and I often think about her exploring, but that's that's a different conversation. When we were in high school, she used to tell me, Shakia, the rock has energy. The trees have, have the trees have energy, Shakia. And I'd be like, You are such this hippie. She had this <laughs> long blonde hair. She'd all, you know, she just she reminded me of what a hippie would look like if we were if we had grown up during that time. And I'm like, the trees. And she's like, yes. And she talked about like, you know, <laughs> touching the trees and everything. And I didn't understand what that meant then. And now I do. And so as you were talking about, you know, your spirit guides can even take the form of, of trees, of these of mm-hmm. these objects that we wouldn't really think could possess so much energy and, and power, for lack of a better word. But they do. And, and it, it, how, how like magical and lively the world is once we once we go beyond the mundane. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a, a question there. I just wanted to share I that. I love with it. You. And I love that, too, because I don't think it's an accident. I've never given that example before to anybody mm. about you know, so I, yeah. I would not be surprised if that was a message from your friend. Well, I received that. Um, yeah. So, and that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Look at and And real time, right? I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, <laughs> yeah, she would get a kick out of this. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think this is good for people listening to our deceased friends, our deceased loved ones. They're with us. They can see us. If you talk to them, they can hear you. They have other things to do. So they're not usually primarily our guides, but 
they're always with us. And, you know, oftentimes too, I find that if there's something that was unresolved between us in our lifetimes, they have a vested interest too from the other side of working that through with you. So I've done that in my own healing work, right? I've seen things, I've communicated with my relatives around issues that are still unresolved. Um, sometimes it's things that have passed between. down the family line. Sometimes it's something that really did happen between the two of us. Um, or, you know, but, but they are, they are here, they are listening, they are, they are wanting to help and they're wanting, especially if it involves them, you know, to help them resolve that with mm. you. And I think too, it's coming through to say anyone that you've had a strong, positive love relationship with, and love can be a friend, right? Like you felt, I, I can see how you were with her. Like there was just something so special in your connection. You know, that speaks to the strength of your connection to souls. And that doesn't go away when when we leave a body, right? In some ways it strengthens because we're not so distracted by all the human stuff and we can mm. just really feel that love directly and purely and completely. And that's how she feels about you. I love that. I love that. I guess this is similar to what we've been talking about in a way. And again, this may be, other people may have different words depending on um, backgrounds, but I'm curious if the... Spirit guide, if your spirit guides are similar or the same as your angels, do we have angels as well? Um, yeah. Because I do believe in a whole spiritual team. I'm, one, I'm curious on if you feel like they're the same or if they're different. And if so, if they are different, this is a loaded question. I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> a layered question. But if they are different, then what are some of the differences between an angel and a spirit guide? Okay. So the common thing, if you Google this, People will say, spirit guides have incarnated before angels have not. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, I don't get hung up on details like that because I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> the mind is always going to try to understand, explain, categorize the spirit world. And guess what? The mind is really not equipped to do that. So you can try. And if it brings you peace and it brings you comfort, go for it. But as soon as I hear those kinds of, um, you know, is it this or is it that? Or I need to understand. Like, you, to me, you're taking school like you learned it as a child or like as you learned it for me over like many, 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 many years. For <laughs> <laughs> a really dumbly long time. Um, and you're trying to apply it to a place where, you know, it, it, it doesn't even work that well for life, but it definitely doesn't work that well for spirit. And so, you know, I would say whatever speaks to you, go with that. And sometimes people prefer the term angels anyway to spirit guides. They're like, they feel really comfortable with that idea of angels and angels really resonates with them. Go with that. A lot of times what resonates with us doesn't just have to do with this lifetime. It has to do with maybe many lifetimes we've had. And maybe you've had many lifetimes. I have certain deities that I feel very, very connected with and they, do, they have no meaning to me in this lifetime. Um, that I know of, except, you know, later in life where I reconnected with them. But I know I've had many lifetimes where they were deeply important to me. Archangel Michael, uh, Mother Mary, Jesus, right? I'm a Jewish girl. Hello. But <laughs> those are deeply meaningful connections to me. And as a child, oddly enough, I used to I used to have a fantasy where I, I talked to Jesus and I believe now I was I was. And again, those of you who are very religious might find that to be blasphemous. And I'm sorry for that. But for me it makes perfect sense. So um and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Um so I don't personally worry about these distinctions so much. I always just tune into my own truth. And 
you know, as long as it feels good, as long as it improves your life, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, go with that. Okay. Because that's that's the truth. All right. How do we start to connect? How do we build a relationship with our spirit guides? Because, you know, if they can help us in situations, you mentioned you asked spirit, uh, your spirit guide to help you with your house. And yep. if they can help us with different situations in our lives, be it our health, our marriage or relationships, um, business and things like that. I think before we start asking for, for help, we should have a relationship. So how do we okay, have all, Not necessarily because they don't work like people. And oh, okay. you know, the first step is of awakening your intuition, connecting with your spirit guides is always intention. So set that intention, a pure, clear intention of what you would like. I'd like to have a connection. I'd like to con connect with my spirit guides more. I'd like to trust more in my intuition because when we set an intention, what we're doing is we're... The, we're helping the universe give us what we want and mm -hmm. align us with the opportunities and experiences that we need to move forward on that path. So step one is always set that intention and then wait to see what happens. For some people connecting with spirit guides, they really want to have a relationship and they have deep comfort. I did at the beginning too of knowing what their spirit guide quote unquote looks like, having a name, having a relationship. And that's fine. You know, you don't want to get stuck in the story because that story can change. Mm -hmm. And the story is always going to be just an approximation of the truth. But it's a great place to start. And imagination is the gateway to intuition. So I would say, you know, ask to be shown your spirit guide in a dream. You know, ask, I have a meditation um, in one of my courses that, you know, is meet your spirit guides. And other people have those too. Or you can do it on your own where you go in and you meditate and you ask you know, to connect with your spirit guide. And then you just see what you notice. You see what comes through. Um, you can do it through automatic writing. That was a way I started where I just started writing. And I was like, I'd like to connect to one of my higher spirit guides. You know, what's your name? Blah, blah. And you know, you have to like let go of the idea of needing to know. And you also have to know that when you're first doing this, sometimes the mind will fill in the blanks a little bit. And so, you know, it's just about kind of learning what your intuition feels like, learning what your guide's energy feels like. I have one guide that I just know what he feels like, right? I I feel whenever his, he's around me, I just feel like <laughs> like that. I don't know how to show you what I'm feeling, but um, other people see images, right? Other, uh, you can ask your guides to leave you signs. So that would be the first way of forging that relationship. But I want to say you don't need a quote unquote relationship. I like that. Okay. And I'm glad. I'm yeah, so happy. They, they're that. always here to help. That's what they're <laughs> tasked with. And if the relationship brings you joy, and again, with the primary guide, knowing I have one brings me tremendous joy. My other guides, I don't care so much about it anymore. I just, I just know, you know, sometimes I see there's a new one. And I'm like, hello. <laughs> um, but I don't really worry about it unless an energy presents itself in a session to a client that that they need to make that connection. Like it would be meaningful to them to have a name or a face or a you know, a color or whatever is being mm. presented. Um, yeah, you can always ask for help. And there's lots of guides that are just floating around to help us with everything. And, you know, they're, there's a not, they're anonymous, but then again, so are you, they just want to serve. That's so interesting. So you and, said in the beginning for you, you, um, you did form this the relationship part was was important and you formed this relationship and you could see them. When you say you could see them, well, what is it that you saw? And I know that this experience can differ from person to person. Absolutely. But what is it that you saw and and how do you connect with with your guides 
in terms of like seeing them, hearing them? When I first started, it was, um, I remember my primary guide was actually introduced to me by another intuitive, by one of my teachers. Um, but again, and I always say this when I give readings too, when she did it, there was such a sense of knowing. There was such a sense of yes, yes, yes. You know, it resonated so deeply. And that was just confirmation that what she was giving me was accurate. And once that happened, we kind of went to town. And I had a very strong visual image of him when she was talking and sharing. And I had that image in my mind. Like I said, I kind of know what he, his energy feels like. It's changed over time, by the way. Um, so I think that answers like at least part of your question. I used to, uh, my primary ways of receiving information, intuitive information or knowing kinesthetically. So I feel into energy. Uh, I now am very visual, but I wasn't to begin with. And, um, back then the biggest way I would do it was hearing. And it would be funny because sometimes I would literally, it was if he was talking in my, um, my right ear. And sometimes when I was having trouble hearing something, it would sound like he was whispering. Um, and it wasn't when I say literally for me, and some people do hear a voice, like you hear a voice and that mm -hmm. does happen. And it's jarring for some people, but I've had people have amazing waking experiences when they're doing something and they hear a voice that tells them what they need to know and changes their life. But for me, it's not like I would not confuse my spirit guide's voice with someone talking to me. They're very distinct things. And I think that is just for my comfort because I, I just don't think I would be someone, I don't, I don't see spirit. I see spirit in my mind's eye and I'm way more comfortable with that. But um, anyhow, but it, it, it's, it's akin to hearing. Um, and that's how I originally first had that experience. Now I just, I just hear it all in my head. I can just feel it all in my head. Sometimes I get words and I hear them and I repeat them. Sometimes words come out of my mouth and I hear them as I'm speaking them. Um, sometimes it's a deep sense of knowing and sometimes it has nothing to do with words at all. Because again, a lot of what's the greatest spiritual truths can't really be captured in words and our words are going to try and our words are going to attempt and that's fine because words are what we got here on earth, but they're not going to get the job done a hundred percent. And that's why sometimes those deeper forms of intuition, like body sensations and images, you know, can be so much more powerful than the words anyway. Mm. Yeah. You know, recently I've been paying more attention to the body sensation when I'm around certain people, or if I'm having a thought and I notice that I have goosebumps and I started, I've started to really pay attention to it because before I would just be like, oh, you know what? I'm just really cold. I'm always cold. But then I noticed it's, it's not <laughs> the same thing. And it tends to just be in like one particular area. And it's, when I'm asking for guidance and it may have been something that was just on the TV and I will get goosebumps and it's like, ah, and I, I listened yeah. to what was just said and I'm like, oh, I, I think that was for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly and, how it works. And yeah, what I love about those intuitive markers too, is you can't make them up. You know, you can't make yourself get the chills. Try that. Yeah. Try that right <laughs> now. Friend. It's not going to work. Right. And so a lot of these, you know, it's just, it's really strong evidence that what's coming through is resonating with you. And I'll have mm -hmm. clients get the chills all the time, you know, when messages are coming through. And I love that because that's like feedback to me. I'm like, oh, yay, I'm hearing it right. I'm communicating it right. It's landing. Yeah. So. Well, tell us a little bit. I think this is a perfect time for you to share a little bit about um, 
the type of work you do with clients, because, you know, talking about spirit guides, it can feel very abstract, especially in the beginning. So yeah, share a little bit about what you do with your clients to help with with their journeys. So I do everything from traditional counseling, which I'm doing less and less of, but I have that ability and I'm trained in that to all on, you know, let's, let's show up for an intuitive reading, talk to your deceased loved ones, your spirit guides, like, and everything in between. And I think that my biggest mission is to help people connect with the magic that's within them mm-hmm. and connect with your own intuition and connect with your own life's purpose. And you know, for a lot of us, we discover that through struggle. We're having struggle and struggle is what brings us, you know, like it did for me, the struggle I had as a parent. It's what brings us to the table and say, okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready now to show up. I'm ready now to do the work. I'm ready now to, to get out of this and over this. And so a lot of people, like just the same reason that people would come to counseling, a lot of people do come to me because they're going through something. And, you know, what the guides will do and what my intuition will do, and theirs too, by the way, because I think of myself as a conduit for your wisdom. It comes out of my mouth, but it's it's always coming from the client. It's just when you are in it, in the soup, right? It's sort of hard to see anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um but it's about giving people that broader perspective on their life struggles. It's about showing people the path home. It's about helping people awaken their own spiritual gifts because it's different for everybody and we all have them. And you know whether it's going to be doing something like you do or like I do or something totally different, we all have them. And so my guides and their guides you know, through the process can help reconnect people with their own inner wisdom so that they can flourish in all aspects of their lives. Mm-hmm. So a typical session could look like a lot of different things. It could look at, at it could be looked like guidance on a specific problem, right? It could look like guidance on your path if you're trying to build a business or you are like, what do I do with my life or I can't find my purpose. It can be um, I do energy work, I do guidance, I do teaching. So I don't know. Is that too abstract or is that getting the (laughs) message across? I introduce people to the spirit guides. I do all sorts of fun stuff. That's amazing. Um, What's one piece of, of advice you would give somebody who is looking to tap into finding their their spiritual um gifts, their magic? First of all, set the intention. Second of all, start to tune in where it's happening now. Because intuition is one of those things that's happening all the time, but we often don't recognize it. Or we recognize it for a minute and then we discount it because we've been taught it's not safe, it's not correct, it's not the way to go. So really the first step to awakening your intuition is to A, recognize that it's a thing, Mm -hmm. set the intention to connect with it, and then start to notice where it's already happening for you. And you will. You know, I often use that example when you go to buy a new car and you're like, I don't know, but I think maybe I want to get a Ford Explorer. And all of a sudden you're driving on the highway and every car is a Ford Explorer, right? Like Mm -hmm. they did not become more prevalent because, you know, you suddenly are thinking about them, but yet you notice they're everywhere and intuition is everywhere. And so it's just a matter of setting that tension. You'll start to notice it. And then as you start to notice it, you've opened the conduit. You've started to say like, oh, this is where it's happening for me. That's where it's happening for me. Wow. And the more you're in that wow and the more you notice it, the more you learn about how your intuition uniquely speaks to you. And the more you just get in the habit of listening and communicating and strengthening and allowing that connection. And then it will blossom from there. Mm 
I also have classes that I teach. I'm doing one right now, an intensive intuition development class, which is sort of a group mentoring program, a small group thing. I have a self-paced class on my website. I have an ebook that's about to come out for very for free. I do teaching in my Facebook group all the time. Um, and I find too, again, that, you know, when people sign up for my Facebook group, right? For years I did a book group. When you start to tune into these topics, when you, you know, and you're and if, if someone's watching this right now, you're guided to do this already. So you're already hearing your intuition, you're already following it. But the more that you kind of, you know, immerse yourself in this stuff, the more it will awaken for you. I love when you said intuition is everywhere. It is. Because yeah, right. And it's if you allow yourself to be open enough to receive the guidance then you will receive the guidance instead yeah. of thinking that it has to look a certain way, come from a certain person, only sound like this yes. or, or only sound one way. So I love that intuition is everywhere. And I think it resonates so much with me because I am a chronic overthinker and, you know, <laughs> sometimes that backfires on my manifestation journey. <laughs> <laughs> and and then listening to the in, to my intuition and and you know connecting with my spiritual team i have to remind myself to just I, and I, I will say this to myself Shakia, get quiet just be quiet for a second yeah and notice what's happening well, i'm not going to yeah. judge it i'm just going to be in this moment and i'm going to get quiet and i'm going to be and it's truly amazing what you will notice. So I, earlier I told you about the goosebumps or there's a feeling or it's um, it's usually my ear where it will, I don't know how to describe it. It's not a ringing, but it'll like the volume. I, I, I hear a little less, but, but I can still hear, but it's, it's just interesting yeah. um, what you notice. Um, yeah. And for me, it's, it's a little easier when there are physical, physical things that, yeah. that I can notice. Um, and I think that helps me to, it's, it's helping to strengthen my connection to my spiritual, to my spiritual team. Yeah. Um, and, and own intuition. The body sensations are powerful for a lot of reasons. One, because you can't make them up. Two, because again, they're concrete, they're real. And three, because they're not of your mind. So mm -hmm. people sometimes mm -hmm. when they want to hear messages will say to me, well, how do I know if it's my thoughts or my intuition? And we, mm -hmm. I, I teach whole workshops on that. And I, you know, and I have episodes on my podcast. And I mean, that's, that's a perennial, you know, that's a question. Um, but and 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 by the way, the the truth is, if it is loving, kind, and and enhances your life, it's your intuition. Anything else mm -hmm. is just noise, just garbage. Mm -hmm. Ignore it. <laughs> that mm -hmm. that's the easy, simple question, the answer to that question. But when you have those intuitive body markers, like they're just so powerful because they're not of the mind, and it's harder to talk yourself out of them. And um, yeah, they're so powerful. And that's why it's important too that we all learn to get into our bodies because not everyone is, you know, as comfortable in there as you are so that you yeah. can really start to feel those. Because sometimes too, if we're not in our bodies, our bodies are always communicating with us as well. And sometimes they'll communicate for us through a pain or through an illness. And we can sometimes avoid that <laughs> if we're mm -hmm. lucky by listening sooner rather than later. You know, this leads me to uh, another question for people who are just starting out on their journey. Um, and this is something you might, <laughs> this is probably a 
something maybe you talk talk about with with some of your clients. But if a person is afraid of connecting to their spiritual team, to their spiritual team or their spirit God, and they're like, well, what if it's something that's bad? Or what if it's evil? Oh, what would what's something you'd say to um <laughs> to to right. help that person in that moment? Look, I do sometimes have someone who comes into the office, so they make an appointment, and they cancel an appointment, and they make an appointment, and they cancel an appointment, you know, because they are afraid to get the answer to their question. Mm-hmm. Usually that's because they know what the answer is, mm-hmm. <laughs> and their ego doesn't like it so much. And, you know, and so it's just, and you get the same thing with therapy, right? People, mm-hmm. they know what's going to come up and they're just not ready to deal with it. So it oh, just takes yeah. a while, right? <laughs> but that can be one thing, you know, sometimes we know. And so we don't want to hear it because we're not ready to hear it. You know, I've had some instances in my life like that recently where there was a big change that needed to happen in my life that my ego wasn't comfortable with, but my soul needed for it to happen, right? So I, I was gentle with it. I heard it, but I heard it as I could hear it and incorporate it. And that's totally fine. Mm. But the other thing, you know, some people are just really afraid of the spirit world and they're really afraid, you know, they've been taught that God is really scary, that I have to like prove myself for God to listen to me, that, you know, or my spirit to listen to me. Like none of that is true. You are mm. loved. Mm. The only currency of the universe is love. We forget that when we're in human form, but your guides have not forgotten that at all. They love you like infinite infinity. (laughs) Um, And if you are tuning in, sometimes you might get a message that you don't like, right? If you are saying, should I quit my job tomorrow and join the circus? And that (laughs) is not in your highest purpose. Your guides might say, you know, eh, you know, like someone, but you'll never get messages that are fearful, that are hateful, that are hurtful. That's not how intuition works. And in my experience, even when my guidance is is giving me information about something that, you know, my small mind might not find desirable, like sometimes somebody's going to pass, right? Um, It's always clear. It's always calm. It's always loving. And it's always at the right time. It's not jarring. It's And it's happened to me a couple of times in my life. And it was information that I needed to have so that I could, you know, plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't scary at all. It was loving and it was coming from a loving place. It was just getting me ready for something, right? Or letting me know. I remember years ago, my husband's French. We were visiting his aunt in France and we were, she lived outside of Paris and we were going to leave early because there was going to be traffic. And something told me, stay. This is going to be the last time you see her. And we did. And we stayed. And it was the last time we saw her. And as I was driving back and I told my husband, he said, you know, I felt that too. Right. And so that was her and the guide's way of telling us, you know, you're going to regret it if you head back early. Spend some time with me now because this, you know, and and it may seem very sad, but it was really loving and really beautiful. And I'm so grateful that we didn't, you know, head back to beat the traffic. Right. Yeah. And so that that moment. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, it's not like I walk around doom and gloom, like seeing who's going to die next. (laughs) It's not how my intuition works and it's not how yours will work either. But I'm saying, even when it gives you information that your mind might, you know, think is potentially not desirable or scary, it's always in a loving way. And usually those aren't the messages that come through at all. The messages are things that make you feel good about you, about life and their guidance, and they help you on the next step of your journey. And again, if something wants to come through and you don't want to hear it, the good news is, you know, your guides will not give up. 
<laughs> so I always say that to people when they come into my office. I say, please take what resonates with you and let the rest go. Mm-hmm. And if you know something doesn't fit, it either means I'm wrong, you know, or you're just not ready to hear it yet. And if you're not ready to hear it yet, you know, don't worry. You'll hear it again from another, you know, set of lips you know, or some other place because, you know, that's how it works. So be kind and gentle for yourself and know there's absolutely nothing to fear. Ah, be kind and gentle to yourself. A message yeah. we need to hear more often. Yeah. And you don't have to prove yourself to your guides. They're mm. here. They love you. They want to support you. You know, it's a growth journey. And sometimes as we grow, we can hear them better and cooperate with them better. And that's a good thing. But wherever you are in your journey, they are here for you. That is their job and they love you. Just remember mm-hmm. that they love you. Yeah, no, unconditionally. I think my guides are like Shakia. Listen, <laughs> yeah, sometimes they talk like that. But again, they're not judging us because but judgment not is a human us. thing. Judgment mm-hmm. is a human thing. There's no judgment on the other side. That's it's not a thing over there. They wouldn't know mm-hmm. how to do it if they tried. Mm, I love but that. we know how to do it, and sometimes but- we project that onto our guides or onto our God. That's a whole mm-hmm. other story. Yeah. But they don't they don't have any of that going on over there. Because judgment is a human thing. Ah, yeah. I love that. Before we wrap, there was something you mentioned about well not something, but you use the example of, of when um a loved one or someone you know might pass. When we receive that it, I don't know the right word for it, if it's guidance or message or information. What is it that we are supposed to do with it? Because since I was younger, I've always known. Um, even with the friend I mentioned earlier, there as I was sitting, I saw her um, prior to her passing. And, and, right. um, and as I was sitting with her, there was a voice I heard in my head and I couldn't understand what it meant because she she wasn't religious, but the voice was pray for her. And I was like, right. what? Why? But I kept hearing it. And this has happened yeah. all throughout my life. So I'm just curious, what do we do with that information? Is right. Because so then sometimes it's like, oh, God, was I supposed to stop something? Or <laughs> And there's that human guilt. <laughs> well, is there anything you could have done to stop her? No. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, there are times, look, when we might get a message to that end, but I would say that's exceedingly rare and don't worry about it. Um, Most of the time, our loved ones let us know they're going to prepare us Mm. so that we get used to the idea because it can be very jarring to the nervous system when we lose somebody. Uh, In your case, maybe there was something to be done. Praying really probably helped her pass over in peace and let her know that you loved her and pray for her for you was just a way for you at that period of time to connect with your own spiritual. Like that was that was wording that you understood. Pray mm-hmm. for her is a way that you understood that you were aligning your spiritual energy with hers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does. That's what comes through. Okay. Um and 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 we can also be shepherds for people's crossing. So sometimes if we let go a little bit, it helps them cross over. Now it doesn't cause their death because we don't we always die at the right moment, but it helps make that passage smoother for them, for us, for them. So I think that was part of it as well. But you are very, very close to this soul. Um, you know, not just in this lifetime, but just in general, you're like definitely soul sisters. And I mean, I feel that in your heart as I say it. Um, and so, you know, she just, she, she very much appreciates that energetically you were with her when she crossed over. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And that whether you realized it consciously or not, you were helping her and easing her in that crossing and your energy was with her. And, you know, just like we like support in life, we often like support in death. And so I've worked with, you know, spirits crossing over or human to spirit crossing over, you know, they, they often like us to be with them. It's, it's comforting. So I think mm-hmm. that can be part of it as well. Wow. Okay. Because I could feel. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And that was specific to you too. I think that's part of what you do, part of what you do in your work. And the more you can have peace with the fact that crossing over is a natural part of life. And we can be sad, of course, when we lose someone. It can be devastating. And there's a lot of human stuff, you know, depending on the circumstances to to clean up on our end. But it it is it is a beautiful rite of passage that we all get to go through again and again and again. Because I believe we we incarnate more than once for most of us. Um, it's just a natural rite of passage. The more we can see death that way, even for a glimmer, it just makes it all easier for everyone. And I think you have that ability. I think so too. So I may need to uh, book a session with you so we can <laughs> get some understanding because it's been, <laughs> this has been a part of my, my life literally since I was a little girl. And I yeah. it used to scare me because um, when I was a kid, I used to think, well, oh, there must have been something I could have done. Um, But, um, but thank you for that. I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate that. Um, my thoughts are all over the place and energy in a good way, because I love this conversation and I could literally talk to you all day, but I know we got stuff to do. (laughs) But um, I do just want to thank you so much, Victoria, for talking with me. I think this conversation is definitely going to help um, so many people, especially those who are starting their spiritual journeys. And I'm going to put your information in the show notes so that they can contact you um, for additional support and figure out or not figure out, but see how they can and what ways they can work with you. I love that. Um, Because I do want to remind people that it's something you don't have when you are, and maybe you can add to this as well, but when you are going through your conscious spiritual journey, the more that you become aware, it can feel sometimes lonely because then you feel a little weird. Like, you know, uh, I can feel things and see things and hear things, (laughs) but it can, it can feel a little lonely. It can feel scary. And so I'm glad that to to receive help doesn't have to feel scary is my point. And so we don't have to go through this journey alone. And there are people who can assist us with understanding what the heck is happening. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And I have my own team, human and spiritual, right? Um, And I wouldn't want to do this journey without them. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Is there anything that you would like to add? Maybe there wasn't something I, uh, that I didn't ask you, but you think is important for, for people to know. I I think that just to close, you know, we are all spiritual beings in human form. We all have that connection. We all have the gifts, you know, of our soul that we want to express and experience here on earth. And, um, you know, believe in yourself, believe in you, have no fear and, and know that you are loved. Mm. 
that's pretty Have much no it. Fear <laughs> and know that you are loved. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much again, Thank Victoria. You. Thanks for joining us this week on the Aligned and Free Show. Remember to head on over to bit.ly forward slash aligned and free so that you can grab your free manifestation check and join our email list. Check us out on Instagram at alignedandfree.co for more information on the Aligned and Free Show. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so that we can continue to bring you amazing content. See you next week.